Hello and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? Well, Jude, I'm excited because today we are joined by a return guest and a frequent shout out in this show. He's quickly becoming the internet's best friend and a constant delight around the pod. We're happy to welcome back friend Daniel to the show. Welcome back, Daniel. Hey, guys. Hey, welcome, Daniel. Hey, how's it going? Great to be back. Yes, it's good to have you back. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, So I got to say, I've been so delighted for this intro ever since your recent appearance on There Was an Idea, our, our friend of the pod, Tara's episode. Or Tara's show, I should say. And she referred to you as friend Daniel as well. And I immediately texted Jude and I was like, I know what I'm going to say the next time friend Daniel is on the podcast. (laughs) It tickles me so much that that has taken off. Well, like that, like very early on after you joined the Discord, somebody asked, are you friend Daniel? (laughs) Yeah. Yes, I am. (laughs) So Tara had her next guest was Danny. And so it became very confusing. <laughs> My identity. <laughs> well, you know, the last time that we had you on this show, it was during our Falcon and the Winter Soldier run. Um, I thought it'd be cool to use this time here at the top of the show to check in with how you've been receiving the latest iterations of the MCU entries. So we've recently just finished up Loki. Uh, we've had Black Widow, as well as some exciting things coming up with What If and Shang-Chi. Um How's how have you been receiving the MCU? Are you enjoying it? Oh well, you know. Uh, <laughs> if you're on the Discord, you know. Yes. Um, but uh, thank you. <laughs> I have been very much enjoying it. I mean, it's just it's uh, you know I've caught up with you guys, um, and I agree with with Jude, and and I I think you said this Trey too, but that. Loki is Loki was the strongest show for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of I, I, I've been forming my thoughts about it a little bit more, but um, just in terms of like cinematic scope and music and the 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 dialogue and the action, it was the whole package. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could go on and on about Loki. But I'll save that for when we do the kind of compare and contrast and lessons and stuff. But mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it and um, very excited about um, future Loki installments in future movies and future seasons and stuff like that. For Black Widow, I did not see it in the theater, mm-hmm. but uh, I watched it on Disney Plus and I I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I haven't watched it again, though, so I haven't done the thinking and analysis and repeating and rewinding and stuff yet. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, I've read I've read about it and I've listened, obviously listened to you guys. I listened to Tara's podcast. Um, there was an idea and I've just gotten various perspectives on it. Jude, the, the latest podcast um, out from Kermode, they talk about it. Oh, oh wow. Um, okay. Yeah. So they, they talk about it briefly, but I'll just I'll throw that out there. The podcast is Kermode on Film, and he's a he's a British film critic, hilarious guy, loves um, Christopher Nolan, and they have a, a, a broad appreciation of Marvel movies and comic book movies and stuff. So, mm-hmm. and then um, as far as upcoming projects, well, I just saw that Hawkeye got a release date. Yeah, it did. Yes. So I'm excited about that, and I'm I I'm very. I'm excited about Shang-Chi. Every the, I haven't seen the most recent trailer. Didn't they release another trailer like yesterday? They did, yes. They did. And yeah. I'm embarrassed to admit that I didn't catch it. 
you say embarrassed, I say strict with your philosophy. Yeah. I would consider that a t like a TV tr- spot. Mm-hmm. It was only like a minute long. Really? Yeah. Well, okay. Philosophy wise, yes, but like I was scrolling through YouTube. Mm-hmm. And and I saw this thing about like his new Shang Chi trailer released. Like I didn't even know. Yeah. Until a good twelve hours later, I didn't watch it. But yeah, I avoided um, it too. The first trailer, I was like, huh. And then the second trailer, the full trailer, not the teaser, I, I was hooked. So I'm I'm excited about that. And then I read I read some stuff about it. So very excited about that. Um, really excited about Spider Man, whatever that's oh, going to yeah. be about. And then um. I am super jazzed about the What If series. Very, I love animation. Uh, I I always loved What If comics when I was a kid because they were one-offs, and so yeah. you weren't required. You're just required to know about the character, like Captain America or the X Men or, or whoever. You just had to know their basic story, and then you could see them playing with the character and it was a fun way to be subversive Mm -hmm. when there were no stakes and i remember getting invested in characters and they would kill them you know like they would die you know dramatically and i was like oh no but it's like it's it's a one-off so it's it's not going anywhere um and so i'm really given how subversive it can be how you can be risky and take emotional risks and do fun things i'm actually i'm really excited about it i think Mm -hmm. i don't know I haven't really thought about it out loud that much, mm-hmm. and um, I'm getting more excited about it just talking about it. So. I was going to say, I think you made me excited just talking right? about how excited yeah. you yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I just- Well, and that's yeah. what, two weeks now? It's yeah. close. Yeah, August it's 11th. Close. August 11th? Yeah. Uh, and and then my last thoughts about everything that's, that's, that's gone on- um, and you guys got because I I I've, I've really enjoyed the assembled episodes, um, you know, post finales. But the the Loki li- listeners, if you haven't watched the Loki assembled, it is profound. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it is. They've they've added something that I don't remember in the last ones that is is uh, is a beautiful touch, and it's really good. So mm-hmm. I would highly recommend mm-hmm. that if if you haven't yeah. seen it. It's interesting. That's probably the best assembled. Oh, 100 mm, percent. And yeah, they've gotten better. Yes. yes, I think they've gotten better. Well, it feels like there's more of a presentation to yeah. Loki than the other two. And not that there was anything wrong with the other ones, but there's like um, a flourish in the Loki symbol that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll spoil it. Yeah, I mean, I don't Positive think it's, it's 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 the voiceover mm-hmm. like right. the voiceover it, like like Tom Hiddleston's voiceover is is new. Yeah. And yeah. and I can't remember if they have voiceovers but they they don't have a single voice narrating the the story of Loki and it's, well, and it's like profound. you said the, like you said the story mm-hmm. it right. is not just a it's not just like a hand holding your way through something like they actually weave a story mm-hmm. into the making It's a narrative. Of, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. And the and the meaning the meaning of what this is I think it's related to the fact that you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, I mean, you have you have Bucky, but I don't know. It's Loki. Loki is a f- very s- strange character in his villain antihero hero. You know, return to the villain. It, it, he's he's he has this very strange. I had no idea about the the story that he he was he was at Comic Con and Feige was like, come out as Loki. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he comes out and he's Loki and the people 
went fans went wild and i was like that was back then mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, oh yeah and so that was the, the, i i know they were playing because they i mean maybe a wink and a prayer in in Feige's imagination you know maybe someday we'll do something but like that 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 was a that was a that was he has good instincts obviously to just like let's see where this goes you know mm-hmm. it's oh yeah well and i remembered loki or tom hiddleston doing that I didn't realize oh, really? the story. Yeah, I just didn't know the story behind it. It was mm. really cool to get that run up and framing of it as like, oh, this was a last minute thing that they decided to do behind the panel. Mm-hmm. So that's my my uh, too long <laughs> verbose. No, no it's, it's fantastic. Been, it's been a lot. It's been a lot since uh, it's been a lot since uh, since I, I've, I've graced your airwaves mm-hmm. on your podcast. So um, yeah, so because yeah, you came on with talking the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, not during Loki, although nope. we had this plan before Loki came out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we had this kind of uh, episode topic circled, and then you were on Terrace Pod during yeah. Loki. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of this episode, if you've downloaded it, then you've seen that the title of this episode is What Lessons Can Marvel Learn from the Disney Plus Shows? So the easiest way that we can go through this is just kind of have like a roundtable sharing of the different lessons that we have brought here for this episode. So starting with you, Daniel, what is the first lesson that you think can be learned from the Disney Plus Shows? In no particular order... I think I need to arrive at my lessons through reflection. So we'll get okay. there. But, um, <laughs> but for now, I will just say something that's excited me about this, the Disney Plus, is I, I feel like I feel the same way, especially with, with WandaVision and to some extent with Loki. Mm-hmm. But I feel the same way as I did when I saw Guardians of the Galaxy. Because I, I remember, you know, Avengers and Iron Man, and they were great. And but they were of a genre, right? Mm-hmm. And then Guardians of the Galaxy was just, it blew it up. It was so different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and it was like, this is incredible. I felt like they used this opportunity to really take some risks that are are, are bigger and and in, in, a, in a blockbuster movie when, when you have so mm-hmm. much, so many moving parts and so much money, um, not to say that there isn't, there isn't money, you know, flowing through this, but um, the, the the level of risk taking. And so lessons learned is, you know, I hope it's paid off. I think it has for, for Marvel. Yeah. And I hope that they continue to, to do that. And based on kind of stuff that I've read, you know, Oscar Isaacs had like a cryptic tweet about, Moon Knight. Oh, I didn't see that. I sa- it sounds like they're they're it, it was just something like it's gonna be it's wild, you know? It's just yeah. I really think they're gonna they're gonna keep doing that. And not in a way that's like edgy or 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 controversial, but truly like in an aesthetic sense, risky, you know? Mm-hmm. Like the, right. the, when I and when I think of that, I think of like WandaVision. What the hell are we watching? You know, it's like what mm-hmm. I'm literally sitting here watching. I I, I rewatched, I started rewatching WandaVision. Because my parents hadn't seen it, and I was visiting them, mm-hmm. and I was like, "You guys haven't seen this? Let's watch it." And I started to explain the backstory. I'm like, "Don't let's let's just watch it." And I'm sitting there, and they enjoyed it, but I'm like, "We are watching a black and white '50s comedy. This is banana. This is crazy." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So so you know, I kind of it, it just reminded me, you know. And then with Loki, it's like we already had his story, and now we're going back, and we're gonna like show you a drawer a desk drawer full of infinity stones this is crazy so i uh mm-hmm. i i like 
I really like that. I think it's a good venue for for that. Um, so that's kind of one. That's 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 my first thought. No, and I think you're spot on with the risky or the risk that these shows have taken. Um, I I know at least for us when we were covering WandaVision, that was the first thing out of our mouths I think each week when we talked about episode one and two and how bold it was to really lean in to the homages that it was making with the the stylized storytelling mm-hmm. and and I think it just continued doing that throughout each of the three Disney plus shows I made a note on this on this point it reminded me of my favorite shows growing up some aspects of my favorite shows growing up and how they were able to take big risks mm-hmm. and you can do this in a, yeah. in a show format even though these shows are planned in a way that that um serialized tv that are like 22 episodes weren't so i'm thinking specifically of the x-files mm-hmm. and two episodes that stand out to me in a, in a huge way were clyde bruckman's final repose and it's mm-hmm. uh it's a brilliant very postmodern story that plays with perspective and the the seams of near like storytelling it's one of the highest kind of regarded episodes of the x-files and it just pushed the boundaries on the traditional narrative that you'd gotten up to that point and then the other the other one was an episode called bad blood which is it, it's like a vampire episode but it's really funny and it's told from Mulder's perspective and then it's told from scully's perspective and 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 the stories are different. Like the details are different. Different things happen. It's it's very very funny and very almost silly. That's how I. That's kind of how I felt. Well, it's funny you mentioned. We've talked about this. Jose Chung's. Oh, is that isn't that the episode? That's Clyde Bruckman. Yeah. Oh, that's Clyde Bruckman. Yeah. Or wait, is it sick that I know exactly which season it is? It's in. No, but I, I Trey, you know how you are with Community. I'm that way with the X Files. <laughs> How disappointed would you be to find out I've never seen the X Files? It's a, I understand. It's a, yeah. Trey. I don't. There's no disappointment here. I oh, promise. Fantastic. <laughs> there's no disappointment here. I, I was I was going for a rise. My, I'm genuinely my podcast. Shocked. My pod. My podcast list. I'm behind my podcast list. There's plenty of TV. Um, it's it's your loss. <laughs> it's your loss. One hundred percent. Jose yeah. Chung's from outer space. Jose Chung's from outer space is a different episode. Than the one I'm talking about. Right. Mine is called mine is Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose, which is the same season, but it's a totally different episode. But yeah, mm-hmm. Jose Chung is, is another one like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's like very, very weird. Um th- then there's they're like in, in Buffy. In, in fairness to Trey, in fairness to Trey, season three aired in nineteen ninety six. Oh yeah. This is ancient. I would history. have been five, six years old, yeah. depending on the perfect yes. age so. to watch this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but there's like there's like um in Buffy they had like the musical episode, they had a Xander centric episode in Angel, there was mm-hmm. a freaking puppet episode where they get cha- turned into puppets. And so like I see this uh, in in that vein where you've got these these t- these TV shows that had deep fan uh, fan bases where the the showrunners or the writers took these risks and there were payoffs. Oh yeah. I feel like we're getting that here. And I feel like we're they're gesturing towards it in in Thor Love and Thunder. I feel like we're gonna get this in Thor Love and Thunder and Doctor Strange. Like I feel like we're we're gonna it's gonna be weird. Mm-hmm. Well, one more episode that came to mind 
Avatar Last Airbender mm. Tales of Ba Sing Se. Which remind me that I'm I'm not I only watched it once. Tales of Ba Sing Se is the one where they each had their little vignette of how they spend the day. Oh um, yeah. In yeah, the city. exactly. Yeah. It's a yeah. freaking cartoon, like on Nickelodeon. And it's like it's just like it's so it's 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 really good. And it's it's if it, it's mm-hmm. basic writing. I mean it's not inventing new ways of doing things. They're just uh, they're adopting n- storytelling uh, strategies from other genres and other other mediums. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really cool. Like I just yeah. So no, that's that's good. That's a good first lesson. But what about you, Jude? What's a lesson that can be learned from the Marvel shows? I'm gonna say for me a lesson. Uh, this is more like a hope. Something that they they do in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to see two more episodes. Uh, I it's and I don't know if it's I'm just gotten used to kind of that Netflix. You mean like ten episodes or eight episodes? Yeah, like right two two more episodes, ten episodes instead of eight, which is weird for Wandavision only because they had eight episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a big part of that is this idea that they're married to six hours, and so you had some longer episodes and you had some that were shorter, so that ended up making eight episodes. But you really time-wise is roughly the same. I would say two more episodes. I mm-hmm. And I, I just got finished watching Mayor of Easttown, which I just really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And that was... And this is weird because it goes against what I just said, but that was about seven hours and seven episodes. So I know it can be done. Uh, I just feel like with what they're trying to do with these Disney Plus shows, two more episodes is something that would, would, would benefit these mm-hmm. series. There'd be, it would give him a little bit more room to breathe. It really would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really would. Well, I mean, I've heard a number of people say this. Uh, love to have seen a little bit more, including, I think, in The Assembled, uh, the writer, love to have seen a little bit more of Renslayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and her story. And, you know, that one or two more episodes would help flesh out some of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same thing with Carly. In Falcon the Winter Soldier, for sure. I think even to an extent with with Monica in WandaVision, like she got mm-hmm. a she got an episode mm-hmm. dedicated to her. But I know towards the end of the the finale, it was almost kind of like she got sidelined mm-hmm. um, for different storylines. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I definitely feel that Daniel. I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, or no, I believe you said it, Jude. How you just got used to Netflix or HBO having these like eight to ten episode runs. Uh, I think that is the sweet spot. And I understand that they're doing it probably for budgetary reasons, just because they are spending mm-hmm. a lot. But six just it's cutting it close. I, I I think that they it's these three series are experiments, mm-hmm. and they've worked. Yeah, and I don't think they're going away. But we've talked about this before. None of these shows have learned lessons from each other because they were all being produced at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think they they were like, we're going with X or what or whatever. There was six hours. And the, the one thing I will say, A, I think the mark of a good show, unless it can really hit that catharsis, like just the perfect catharsis that leaves you feeling whole, I, I want a, a good show will leave you wanting more. But especially with Loki, you're getting a season two. And it's different than like Falcon and Winter Soldier where, you know, like Car- Carly's story is over. Mm-hmm. And, and even if there, even if there is any attention paid to it, it's, it's, it's over and done. Whereas Loki's story and the characters in it are not done. Yeah. Like there were deliberate threads left open and that, and, and it, it was good on the level of, it's a good world building show, but it's also good on the level. It's like, we're getting a season two. So there have to be like meaningful threads 
left. <laughs> right. Well, I think I can jump in with mine because that segues nicely. So thank you for that setup, Daniel. The lesson that I wanted to bring in this first round is I think the of the three shows, the ones that succeeded the most for me were the ones that treated the episodes as a series and not as a movie that's been chopped up. And that was the feeling I got with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like mm-hmm. it had it had its connective tissues, but there was this feeling of like watching one long movie and only getting it on a week to week basis. The WandaVision, I think it it told complete stories while leaving enough to keep us going through the season. Um, Loki, I think, had a, a wonderful handle on that. And that's what I want to see moving forward with these shows. And the reason this kind of segues off what you were saying, Daniel, is that knowing it's getting a season two, I think there is maybe maybe there's some comfort in that knowing like you don't have to hit everything in this first season, whether or not the audience knows that. I'm sure there's there's an understanding going into the production. Um yeah, the lesson that I, I'd like to see moving forward with these Disney Plus shows is kind of identifying the format of this week to week rather than it being um, written, uh, the A.B. cadence that we talked about in, in the binge mode for mm-hmm. Daredevil. I, what I hear you saying, Trey, the way I would interpret this, embrace embrace the format, like embrace mm-hmm. this the yes. episodic format. Like it's, it, it's, it's, not, it's not a six hour movie. That's the Snyder Cut. No. You know what I mean? Like that, <laughs> yes, like, yeah. and, and, and I actually, no, I'm not going to say it. Um, so <laughs> this is, this is, and I agree with you about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like there was, it was a const, it was linear, mm-hmm. more or less. It was linear. And, and it was, it was a, it was a movement through the stories. And the, the beautiful things that we got were the character development mm-hmm. because they devoted mm-hmm. time to it. Mm-hmm. But unlike Loki, which had some truly earth shattering, uh, like there were there were these real kind of cliffhangers that made you revisit everything that you had seen before and you can mark off like each of those episodes in the same way the WandaVision you had the the sitcoms but then it it would break and you go into the real world then you go back into the sitcom mm-hmm. and then the, the 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 realities bend um I think I I said this I think I said this on Tara's pod I don't I don't remember but when I was contrasting WandaVision with Loki WandaVision made the meta the, the 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 format of the show that meta aspect an essential mm-hmm. aspect of the of the show loki took that and made it a part of the narrative so it was like you actually take the character out of his context and then show it to him you know and yeah. and then play with that yeah i i definitely i think i i definitely agree with you trey mm-hmm. i like how i like mm-hmm. No, and I like the way that you so succinctly put it with the embrace the format. I think that's a very nice way to package that feeling that I'm having is just leaning into that. These are series. Focus more on that. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to say it's interesting with WandaVision, you had that feeling early on, Mm -hmm. like it was a TV format, but that was more because of the concept. Mm -hmm. And as it got closer and closer to the end, and ran the course of that concept, it it shifted to that movie feel mm-hmm. rather than television feel. And so it, in that way, I, I don't know if this is the right way to phrase it, our WandaVision, especially early on, artificially treated it as a movie. I mean, I'm sorry, as a TV series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the only reason I say artificially is just... But then it translated, it transferred. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, and whereas like... 
I'm with you. No, it, it's embrace the format. And, and Jude, I would say, if we can be honest, like it suffered for that. Like by, I'm not saying they made a, they made a poor choice in abandoning. They had to abandon the, the sitcom thing. But the critique of, say, the finale is that it just fell into the trap of how you complete a, a Marvel movie, which is a big mm-hmm. fight scene, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, oh, we're trying right. to be cinematic, which is, well, you didn't really have the budget for the for the fight and you know that wasn't really the point of the story it was about her and her grief and you spent like 30 seconds on it at the end <laughs> you know what i mean and, and instead you have them flying yeah. around in the sky so so it was whereas in loki there was no there was no um big final action scene it was a very emotional dance fight you know not dance i mean it, it was an elegant fight between these right. characters who are having a real disagreement Mm -hmm. you know between loki and sylvie they're they're, these two people who are who are growing closer and have affection for each other are having a real disagreement and it comes Mm -hmm. out in that carefully choreographed fight well and coming off the the civil documentary this whole idea of the show being self-acceptance and Mm self-love and to have this one last final fight with themselves Mm mm-hmm you know, and torn and what is, is, is the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it just works so well, you know, where, and, and I think I mentioned this on pod, like I would love to have seen in WandaVision to, to have them continue that thread through with the Mysterio-esque kind of scene going through the sitcoms in the end and make, mm-hmm. and, and still interweave that in. Kind of t- drawing off of the, the, the tray um, where we're at right now about embracing the format I really enjoyed the week to week release and watch and rewatch and discuss. And obviously, like we learned, a, we, the audience, learned a grave lesson with WandaVision in, in terms of like going off the rails and, and, and building up mm-hmm. expectations with, you know, perceived whatever. Um, but that happens in shows. I mean, I, I, I watched lost as it was happening Mm -hmm. and the same exact, like the reason why I, I was really kind of a curmudgeon or a Scrooge at through during that, during WandaVision. And, and, you know, I was kind of, I was kind of teasing you about, you know, like, Oh, you know, maybe it's someone else, you know? And, and I was just like, no, it's not. It's like, it's just popping that bubble is because I had gone through that with earlier shows, but you know, unlike say, you know, the, uh, the, the earlier Marvel shows where you'd, it would all drop and shows still do this. So like you've got the boys, you've got like the Amazon prime shows and Netflix shows, the whole show drops. And even if you're not going to binge at all, it's kind of, that's how you consume the show. I like that this, this actually, this experience reminds me more of when I used to watch TV as a kid and you, you'd have to wait each week and watch. And uh, th- I appreciated that. And I hope that they, they continue to do that. I don't, I don't, it must be a win for them in terms of marketing and press, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, the conversations around yeah. the show get lengthened just because of that weekly viewing. Yeah. So I don't, I don't see, I don't see it going away. Um, I'm glad the series aren't 22 episodes. I don't know how you can sustain that. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, like that's too much. I mm. love Marvel. I love the MCU. 22 <laughs> episodes would be a yeah. lot for me to keep up with. 
Yeah. Well, to bounce off that, I would just say embrace the MCU is one of my lessons learned. And, and I feel like they're going to do that. And I guess what I mean by that is go ahead and make this required viewing. Mm-hmm. And I think they kind of did that at the end of Loki, where you get he who remains. I didn't expect it to be him for the same reason, logically, like we didn't get somebody new in WandaVision. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I get it's like, oh, we can do that because there's a season two. But he who remains, Kang, Immortus, whatever you want to say, is going to go beyond just Loki. And I feel like this idea of embracing the MCU, uh, well, as as friend Daniel was just saying, right? Like I was watching Lost, you know, and and it reminded me that of television. It reminded me that uh, same thing in terms of watching TV, being able to talk about it for a week. But even if you know you're not going to have a season two of, say, WandaVision, Mm Mm-hmm you know their stories don't necessarily end there. Mm-hmm. I mean, White Vision, right? Right. Scarlet Witch, even Agatha Harkness. Their stories don't end there. So in that way, I think it's okay to introduce somebody new. Mm-hmm. Well, they did that in Falcon Winter Soldier, Val, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think it would have been okay and safe for them to say, we're just going to embrace the universe and give you that, you know, Mephisto here that will show up again later. So, like, if I think back, Jude, to what to what you're saying, I I know you've been debating, and I have been off pod with you guys. Like, did are do you have to are are these shows required watching? I don't know how you you get to the 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 content that's coming without having watched Loki. But like, if you think about like WandaVision, you've got Scarlet Witch, right? And there's mm-hmm. there is a transformation happening there. You've got Monica, who's absolutely coming back. You've got, and then in Falcon Winter Soldier, he's Captain America. That there, that's coming. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. I don't, but, however, um, I think you're right that insofar as they do embrace the MCU in those smaller ways, certainly in those in those shows, um, and in the mm-hmm. really big way, what they did with Loki at the end. I think that I think it's good. I think they I think I also I also want to see these characters elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So like in, yes. in, in a kind of reversal of what you're saying, it's like, okay, we, we're invested in in these characters. Like Mobius is awesome, Renslayer is awesome, B B15 is awesome, Sylvia is awesome. Like I wanna see these characters interact. In, in in this broader universe, that's what made the MCU's Thor with the Guardians of the Galaxy was brilliant. It made it, it like it reinvented Thor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. and yeah. and so just having these characters interact, you know. Whereas like early in in like Phase One, you had Iron Man kind of stands on its own. But then you know there's this kind of admission like oh like Captain America and Thor were kind of driving towards the Avengers so that you could get them together. But now we've got these shows that are are coherent and really stand on their own in in, in entertaining ways. But I want to see them, you know, elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of taking what right. you said, Jude, and flipping it a little bit. Does that make sense? No, it does make sense. Mm-hmm. It does. The thing that it's making me feel, and you kind of alluded to it with the way you framed it as like Iron Man was standalone. Thor and Captain America, they were building towards the Avengers and eventually got to this point where like, hey, we've got them together now. So you do get things like Thor and the Guardians or Captain America Civil War and they're together. Yeah. Or a lot more of these crossover Mm -hmm. events, Carol and Nick Fury. You can do these interconnected things. And 
I think that kind of ties back into what you were saying, Jude, about like embracing the MCU. Maybe these are just the stepping stones of the shows getting more comfortable doing that. Um, because, you know, I, I, I think you said it last week. I want these to be required viewing too. Like I think it yeah. it just rewards the investment of taking the time to to watch these. And they're good. Mm-hmm. They're good and the characters are entertaining and and I want to see them again. So you mentioned in the beginning of this pod, Hawkeye has its release date. Mm. Uh, we know that Yelena's going to show up. We know we're going to get Kate Bishop. Uh rumors? I'm going to say rumors right now. Okay. But I think it's almost confirmed. Kingpin is going to show up in Hawkeye. So we're getting some new characters, but for the most part, we're following old characters. Miss Marvel is going to be the first one where it's directly brand new character. And so I'm I'm really curious as the approach of this show, uh, of Miss Marvel, in terms of is it going to have the six-hour movie feel? Are they going to go more TV series feel? Because there you're getting an origin story that will carry later. Right. That's a good point. I see what you're saying is the three series we've gotten so far have been operating with fully established characters. And in right. Miss Marvel, and then like Moon Knight, you mm-hmm. know, when that eventually yes. comes She-Hulk. down the pike. She-Hulk. She-Hulk, yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, you're, I'm not you're worried eventually... about that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you eventually get to this point. No, Tatiana oh. Mislod, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be gold. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think it just circles back to to your or bolstering your point, Jude, about embracing it. Like, I think it almost has to because you're doing these origin stories. How could it not matter to the connectivity of the movies as well? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, but I'm also curious of, of what the impact's going to be on how they did the storytelling because there you have an origin you have to wrestle with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't just jump in like Loki. We, we mentioned, or, you know, Frank Daniel mentioned the, the meta idea of just, I'm going to take him out of his own story, mm-hmm. make him look at it, and then see what happens. But you can only do that because we know his story. Mm-hmm. There, there's a story in place. Um, same thing with WandaVision. You can go back and mine the little details from Age of Ultron and those types of things to kind of build and flesh out a story, whereas this is a story from scratch. Yeah. yeah, in Falcon Winter Soldier, you have a there's a massive question mark coming off of Endgame. You know, this picks right. up from that. L- literally, is answering the question, what does Sam do? You know, and mm-hmm. and and what? How do Sam and Bucky deal with the fact that their friend is gone? And um, uh, yeah, that, that I I I uh, hadn't thought about that, Jude. Very yeah. interested. It's a really good good point. Cool, Nick Sandy. <laughs> man it's been a while since we've uh dropped a nick sandy like that bringing it back yeah i know had, had, had to throw it in there <laughs> trey well. i don't know why i thought of you but mostly because i'm watching community and now i know where you get the phrase end tag from but um the uh the uh the we've been, I've been we've revealed been, we've been very positive um well, no, I, th- I feel like we've been me- very measured, but uh, leaning on the positive. But I think kind of critically, and I know you guys agree with me, is like we we, we all kind of agree um, that their use of end tags in mm-hmm. or mid-credit scenes mm-hmm. or whatever in these were were either confusing. Obviously, there was important information re- revealed in them. And that that's a departure from how they've kind of functioned in the past, either as kind of like humor or connecting it to a future 
uh, installment, et cetera, et cetera. So a tease, you know, it's, it's, and so, um, at best we've been like, huh? You know? Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, like, yeah. like, like, what, like, no, you know, or, mm-hmm. or, or just interested in your thoughts about that guys. Yeah. I mean, that's 100% the next lesson that I was going to bring is the in tags mm-hmm. definitely need to be readdressed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about it a little bit with Loki, especially when, uh, Rob Logan was on and, uh, you know, my feelings just to state it clearly, the in tags for me feel like they either are a humorous, just kind of extraneous little bit that has nothing to do with the story. No stakes. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Groot dancing. Uh, you know, just stuff like that. The the ant playing drums in Ant-Man and the Wasp, mm-hmm. although that mm-hmm. does have an undertone right. of other things. It's mainly just humorous. Um, or the other route, now, I think look, the- Both of them, though, both of those that you mentioned also had an end tag that had a connective tissue as well. There were multiple end tags. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I was going to yeah. say. Like, the, the, the other... I think successful use of them is that laying the groundwork for what comes next. Mm-hmm. I think the problem that the Disney Plus shows got into is they were using pertinent information to the story within the show that I think shouldn't have been relegated to like the post-credit scenes. They were um, creating they were creating cliffhangers. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like like with the with the Lokis, it's like you 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 prune our Loki and then you end the episode. That's a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? Yeah. Um, is he dead? It's an excellent cliffhanger. Is, is he dead? Or do you do you think maybe he's alive, but you don't know? And then you you reveal that he's not, but you reveal these other Lokis. So we talk about that. Like, I understand why they did it. And not because they didn't want people to think he wasn't dead, but they wanted to introduce the Lokis so that people could talk about them for the week. That's my opinion about mm-hmm. that. I think that's why mm-hmm. they, that, that, that's probably, I can understand that choice, even though I think narratively, I think it's more impactful to like put that off for a week, whether mm-hmm. or not we've yeah. killed our main character, but right. it, it supports what you're saying, Trey, about like, you put very pertinent information in a mid credit scene. Mm-hmm. Like, well, shoot, <laughs> is I, it a way to get us to just watch the credits? Is that all? All is that just where we are? We are we're at now. Like, yeah. I don't know. I watch well, the credits anyway because they're good. <laughs> well, I mean, I went back through to to watch all the in tags for mm-hmm. the shows so far, mm-hmm. and I was shocked to to be reminded we don't learn that director Hayward is arrested until the post credit scene. It's like a little one-off thing of seeing him be put in a car while Monica's being pulled away. And Jeez. like, that's one yeah. of your main antagonists. And like, that's something that needs to be in <laughs> right. the show. Rather Afterthought. Than, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and we've, we talked about the intag problem all the way back to WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it was the Snoopers going to Snoop one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, which was a good intag, but it was like, it was like, why could, not just why couldn't that be in the show? But it was, it felt like you're going to start the show with her captured mm-hmm. and you need to figure out a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas you could have had the same feeling and effect, I guess, as an audience on the audience by having that within the show mm-hmm. itself, you know, intercutting that within what's going on. Mm-hmm. Were, were there any other, Trey, were, were there any other end tags in Loki? Loki, no. It was the group shot and the season two announcement, which right, is right, honestly yeah. a step above the Avengers trailer and Captain America. The that's first not. Set, that's not first. even an end tag. I don't even. Consider <laughs> no, that I didn't consider. I didn't consider that end tag. I was disappointed. I didn't think oh, there was an end tag. I mean, I, it, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, I would have liked an end tag though. Mm-hmm. I felt like we deserved well, one. 
you, you know what right? they could have done? You know what they really could have done? You could have, and, and I'm not saying this is the best way to go, but it would have been consistent with the way they're treating Intags. The reveal of Mobius and Hunter 15 not knowing Loki, and then Loki oh. seeing the statue of King. That was the that would be the end tag. Yeah, yeah. I'm no, torn. I don't know. It. I, I thought it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm torn yeah. because. Well, no, I'm. I. I agree. Like I. I don't think you're but saying like, if if they're being consistent. If, they're, if that that would if they're being consistent with how they're doing it. We would have thought it was crap. We would have thought it was crappy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at least you're consistently crap. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But no, I, I I totally see what you mean. Like I love I love the way it was handled, but it it would have felt right in line if they would have done that. Yeah. And then and then what the, the end tag, the end tags in uh, Falcon Winter Soldier one. I remember uh, John Walker making his shield right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was the power broker coming out of the hearing where she's been reinstated. Right. And she's like, you know, super soldiers are off the menu, but we're about to get access to government weapons and stuff like that. And then the sly smile. Whereas the, there was, but it wasn't, wasn't, oh, but like the, the Patriot, right? Him, him or U S agent, him becoming U S agent. That was in the episode, right? Yes. That, yes. that feels like an end tag, right? Yes. Are we flipping them? I, no, I'm, I'm, Trey went and watched them, so he so, know I'm, I'm okay, fairly yeah. certain that that we're introduced yeah. to U.S. agent in the episode. That I feel like right. belongs in. So an so basically they yeah so basically they should have flipped those. Mm-hmm. We're so smart. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you know what? I forgot. I I had wrote this little bit that I forgot to do at the top. You know, we're so frequently putting our writer's hat on whenever we do week to week episodes. This week we're putting our studio exec's hat on. Yeah. Yes, we're gonna make our all producer the producer hats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can I can I throw out? A small no, I'm not gonna say small. A rumor that I heard about the the power broker thing is we're talking about that in the intags, even though it has if right potential spoilers down the line. I'll say yes, but like I guess you know, if you're avoiding it, scroll ahead for like 30, 40 seconds. Okay. So. Oh man, now I now I'm not sure because it connects to Spider Man. Okay, mm. don't wait. Don't say it. Well, just cut it out. And then okay, you know what? Say it again. I, I'll drop it. Forget it. I'll drop it. All right. Well, <laughs> I want to know what it is. I've been sitting on this, but I'll I'll drop. This it. is the second rumor that you've dropped in this. Ep- this is like this is true. You're being did, bad, Jude. You did the Sorry. kingpin one. Well, that's all over the news. I, I that's, feel all like that's all over. The, over. That's all over. That's yeah. all over the internet. They've been re- they've been reporting that. Yeah. Pretty, pretty. Yeah. And like and like the only reason why I felt comfortable bringing it up is because Vincent Durofino. Is that say that right, Trey? Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio. And I know this go. because this is a running bit <laughs> and when we did it. <laughs> oh. Now it's your turn to get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, but no, like he, I think either retweeted or liked, and he's pretty active on Twitter. Yeah. An article or something about the rumor that it could be interpreted as like how he just, you know, wants it to happen, but people are interpreting it as a confirmation. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to find this now. Yeah. <laughs> you have me very curious about the Spider-Man thing now. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you off. I'll tell you when we're done recording. Okay, cool. So another lesson that I um, was thinking about was just um, a lot of the production aspects of the of the shows, but especially with Loki was the, the it's gets connected with the risk taking, but the music mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. tremendous. And oh, yeah. so I... 
and and I've gone and listened to like I enjoyed listening to the Falcon of the Winter Soldier soundtrack mm-hmm. um, more than I expected. Um, I and that caused me to kind of go back and listen to some of the soundtracks, um, the scores of other movies. But uh, but Loki's elevate was elevated, and it was very moving at the at the moments when it like good music signals good music follows the 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 story it doesn't dictate it in in my opinion mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. um it just it just it it was extremely moving and fun and there's a meme that i posted on discord or uh-huh. maybe i sent it to you but it's like hey you know composer like we need a <laughs> <laughs> we need a um an outro for the for for Loki and it shows the uh-huh. person like like jumping on the piano that's on fire you know on the ocean <laughs> or something like that's that's like that's like it's like hey we just need an outro for for uh for the for the ep- for this episode of Loki and it's like it light the piano on fire it's just like it just totally like like blew it blew me away I was like whoa you know I, I remember yeah. watching the end credits two or three times so I thought that was a great investment by you don't see that often. This is my point. See, I told you, Trey. It takes me a little while to get there. This is my point. <laughs> they made they clearly made a unique investment in their scoring on Loki, mm-hmm. and I want to see more th- more of that because you rarely see a show write new end credits music for every episode. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen. It's just it's right. not the it's not standard practice um, unless you're choosing like True Blood used to choose used to. They used to name their episodes after song lyrics, and then the song mm-hmm. would play at the end of the show, and it was it was relevant and it was cool. Yeah. But most shows play like a standard, you know, upbeat or whatever, you know, Law and Order or something. This this was, and 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 I'm fairly certain that Wandavision and Wandavision barely had a score at the end. It was a very dark, ominous. You know, but it was the same thing every time, I think. Yeah, WandaVision's intro. Outro. Yeah, Wanda, I was going to say, WandaVision's outro was the same each time. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then the intro is different, but that was a function of. The, that was storytelling. That was straight up storytelling. Right, the sitcom format. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Loki, it was just for the. It was just for the sake of it. I love that. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. awesome. It speaks to the aesthetic of the show in the sense that it takes aesthetics in themselves. It's like, this is good in itself. It's not, it's, it's, it actually, it's excessive and it's, it's in line with Loki. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what does the symbol say? Loki plays all the keys. Right. He plays. That was, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That show, he plays mm-hmm. all the keys. So, I mean, that's, it, it was, it was, ex, it was indulgent. It wasn't excessive. Because excessive d- d- denotes it was a little too much. It was indulgent, like a big bowl of ice cream, you know, mm-hmm. or, or something mm-hmm. something you, you shouldn't have too much of. Um, it was indulgent. And I love indulgent. I love big, fat books. Like, I love reading, like, thousand-page books. That was... That was that's what you get with Loki. So maybe we won't see it in the future because um, because it's not in character with what we're what we're getting. But that's mm-hmm. definitely... That's but it works so um, well. Yeah. Like it, it, you're right. The end of an episode would leave you a particular feeling, and they wouldn't take you out of the feeling with the outro mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. They kept you in, and then, the, but you also saw it with the 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 care for 
the the unique aesthetic of the place of the TVA of the um of the rocks cart um setting mm-hmm. of the citadel they were uh, of lamentus was mm-hmm. was mind blowing and that's not to that's not I'm not trying to take away from the very careful wonderful work that was done on Falcon Winter Soldier and WandaVision it just maybe it speaks to my imagination more mm-hmm. um yeah. it speaks more to my imagination and and it, it was indulgent yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think because you're definitely right. Uh, the the steps they took with Loki and the music created that tailored experience. The way it changed on you know at the end of the episode. But you know you're echoing one of the things I wrote down. I think all three of the series had great music, and it seems like it's a great lesson moving forward to keep investing, as you said, uh, with with the attention to that music because that was something that I remember reading as a very common criticism with the MCU. Like outside a few of the recognizable Avengers theme, maybe, and this could be just because I'm the a Captain America fan, the Winter Soldier one always stuck out to me. Other than that, there wasn't really a lot of recognizable ones in the MCU. Mm. And the <laughs> fact that these three Disney Plus shows have come in and they have been a lot more identifiable, I think is a great, hopefully continued lesson for not only Disney Plus shows, just the Marvel Studios moving forward. Yeah. I, I think yeah, that- Absolutely. In, in, like, in picking up in what you're saying, Trey, I think that each, each of these shows- had its own unique flavor. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fair to say that Falcon of the Winter Soldier was definitely um, playing to that more traditional Marvel movie. Like mm-hmm. It's definitely what you were getting. WandaVision, very unique in its character. Loki, very unique in its character. Mm-hmm. And so my, less, my, my, my hope with Marvel is that they, they continue to um, let their creative teams do that and make, make them not formulaic i guess that's to Mm -hmm. to make it crass like Mm -hmm. i don't i that was actually one of my fears going into this was was that they were going to be they were just going to be similar Mm -hmm. you know um well i'm wondering if that's just going to be a trend for the mcu in general uh and and it's hard to judge right now only because i'm thinking about how wild we expect dr strange and spider-man no way home to be uh we have shang chi coming out and Black Widow, like that movie, as much as as I agree, like, oh, we should have had it sooner in terms of a Black Widow movie. I agree that we don't get that movie, that same movie, if it was sooner. Mm-hmm. And I think that part of that is that comfortability you almost, you know, we're, we're starting to see of letting these creators create and get a little bit more le- leeway with their style uh, among this shared universe. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying, Jude, as it relates to Black Widow. I see what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, that I, that kind of unique stamp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, and in fairness, the shows are a perfect place like, to do these Disney Plus shows yeah. are a perfect place to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that is a good swath of lessons to be learned from these Disney Plus shows. So we're going to move into this next section, which is simply which of the three shows is the closest model of your examples? Um, I have a feeling based on the enthusiasm, but I'll go ahead and ask Daniel, which one is the one that executes it closely? Loki. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's just because I think I identified it there at the end of my last point is is the, the, the specific aesthetic and feel 
of Loki, what it's trying to do, um, the specific content too about self-acceptance and the radical way in which it was operating narratively each episode, kind of undercutting undercutting what was, quote, true before. Like it, it would present itself coherently, I thought, Mm-hmm. mostly jude oh i'm just kidding uh, and, and um and uh and uh and and then and then it would it would it would pull the rug out um to to further the story but it was mind-bending um and it, it used uh interlude it used interlude episodes you guys call it ab cadence well you mentioned it was, it. you say interlude you mentioned it on on Tara's uh, pod on yeah. Tara's pod about- she, it's her word she she introduced that when she was um when she had her guest ch on and I talked about it because I thought it was such a great mm-hmm. concept to help me understand what was going on in episode mm-hmm. three. Right. Mm-hmm. But it, 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 just the way you, the way you spoke about it on Terrace pod was, it was in the context of music. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've, I've also seen that concept used in certain theology monographs and philosophy books, you know, like, like arguments that people make, they will have a chapter that's an interlude where they introduce mm-hmm. something that seems out of left field, but it's, it's, it's like a, it's a way of playing the motif of your argument using, using something that, that seems to be kind of out there. But, is this, um, but is this yeah, why we so like I, Malcolm Gladwell so much. Why? Cause he does the interlude. What do you mean? That's his whole style to take oh, seemingly. <laughs> well, I mean, that's his whole style, right? As a deconstructionist, yeah. is to take this whole, yeah seemingly left field things that you're like, what am I, what are we doing talking about this? And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh yeah. 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 He's, he's, I love Malcolm Gladwell, but he's too cute by a half. Like sometimes like he's, (laughs) he's a little, he's he's excessive. He's 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 excessive. (laughs) Yeah. He's excessive. And he's a bit, he's a bit, he's got the journalistic flair. Um, he leans more not to knock journalists. I, I would say he's got the, he's a show. He's a bit of showman, but he's, he's, um, he's certainly, fun and makes you think but um but yeah so that's quick answer loki um in terms of what was the most satisfying for me but in i will say we can't truly compare loki to the other two caesar series until loki is done Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so until we get a true series finale we cannot it, it, it we can't compare it to the other series and maybe it's incomparable because they those were limited series and loki got multiple seasons Mm -hmm. where they could they could do a season learn lessons and then produce another season yeah that in itself you can't you know it's not a limited series however right i've always maintained it's very difficult to end a series very difficult like uh oh yeah and to do it in a way that's satisfying and that that you're never going to make people everybody happy but Loki d- did not have to confront that issue because it is not over. And mm-hmm. so you can't, you can't, I, I really don't think it's, it's possible to involve, involve Loki in that conversation that we had about this, the series finale of, of Falcon Winter Soldier and, and WandaVision because it's, it's, it's not over mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. There were deliberate mm-hmm. threads mm-hmm. left open. So, characters well, resolved in in WandaVision and in Falcon and the Soldier that did not resolve in Loki Sylvie's character is not there there's like a big question mark hanging on her on Renslayer um to some extent on Loki you know has just experienced this betrayal you know 
um but we're gonna see more so so yeah well i'm gonna say go back and say that's the problem with not two things not embracing the mcu fully mm-hmm. and not embracing the tv format mm-hmm. just because if you know this story is going to continue in the universe and it's a limited series i think you lean into that yeah and roll into feel, it and mm-hmm. yeah don't feel the pressure of having to complete it like complete your story here knowing that i i have this story and it's done but it's clearly going to continue on elsewhere and that's mm-hmm. okay and i i think that the problem with treating it like a 6 hour movie or chopped up it just didn't lend itself to that mm-hmm. you know cuz i mentioned earlier like i just finished watching that mayor of Town, which i thoroughly enjoyed that's a limited series and they ended it well you know, it's and, possible to do. Yeah, it's unbelievably possible to do. We've been the TV mm-hmm. miniseries. We've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. What do you? What, so, what do you guys? I'll, I'll present the question to you guys. <laughs> uh, well, I like just the metaphor of MCU fatigue in the truck and Falcon pushing back against it mm-hmm. as the Disney Plus shows come yeah. out. No. <laughs> Had to had to get it in there. Yeah. No, uh, I agree with you that it's Loki, but I also agree with you to say Loki probably had the advantage. Yeah. In in the season two. Yeah, no, I, I think you kind of shed some light on that for me as well, Daniel, when you talked about how it's it's not a fair comparison for Loki and the other two shows, given that it has that continuation to the next season. Um, so the way you phrased it, Jude, with that un, unfair advantage is kind of where yeah. I'm at. Now, but I will say this, even with that in mind, before knowing that Loki was going to have a season two, each episode of Loki felt like a proper end, mm-hmm. like you would get with a TV series. Yeah. And and so before knowing that and just the experience of watching it, regardless of my feelings and bogged down in mechanics and all of that, at the end of each episode, it felt like the end of an episode and we're going to wait a week for the next episode. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, while that is an advantage, Loki clearly did that better. Yeah, you know? I agree. The, the The best example of that for me is episode three when we're all watching, oh, waiting yeah. for them to get off the planet or something, and it's just over. They're looking up. It blows up. Sylvie mm-hmm. turns around and walks away, and it's over. And you're right. like, you don't do this to us. What are you, right. what are you doing? I mean, that's not... That's geez. Uh, I mean, it was it was, <laughs> mm-hmm. and 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 it also spoke to how um, riveting that episode was in terms of like it was it was heavy dialogue, which was very interesting, and then this like one quote one shot panned you know panning shot that like mm-hmm. you know running running through this town, and then it's just like over. You know, I I was I was on the edge of my seat. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd say the same thing when Mobius and Loki got pruned. Yeah, and and undercutting that moment they, they with the intact. <laughs> yeah, like like yeah. They, they were able to pull the rug out from under us and expectations. <sighs> it's like, oh man, you know. I thought they killed him. Yeah, me I too. really. I, because too. for two reasons: one, they had already killed Mobius, so they foreshadowed it. The state they foreshadowed the stakes. Mobius for, for me, Mobius's character arc had completed i think i talked about this on tara's pod Mm -hmm. he had just completely flipped 
and right. betrayed Renslayer and freed Loki and was like, you've been lying to us. His character story had had resolved. And so I was like, oh, he's dead, you know, because yeah. it's like he, he, he has no more function. And then and they and they did it. So so I was like, wow. And then when it happened to Loki, I was like, oh, my gosh, they totally did the same thing. And also he he in his mind had cared he cared about sylvie i guess i'm i'm talking myself out of it though if he had said i love you or i care about you and she heard it but he didn't actually say it so no he didn't say it. you know mm-hmm. if he had said it and then been pruned and he was dead and now the seeds with sylvie and it's about sylvie um yeah but um mm-hmm. but i i i agree jude with that mm-hmm. with that characterization you know and then and, and episode two when they when they blew up the timeline when when she set all the 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 charges off and yeah. blew up the timeline which which i think that i can forgive them of that now because it was a foreshadowing of the final scene when the the actual timeline like like blows up you know with kang mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and i'm saying i'm thinking through wandavision it's hard to tell because so many episodes in the beginning had that sitcom format. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you start to, and they played with that to take you in and out of the show. And even where you roll the credits, but the credits got interrupted with the eighties format, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you got sucked in In Falcon and the winter soldier. I feel like, man, the only episode that really comes to mind where I, the ending of that, you get that kind of feeling was when the Wakandan showed up. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the only ending right now that sticks out to me. I'm sitting here thinking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, the only other... I can think of the one where they... When Walker kills that guy in the street. Yeah. Yeah. But that was just... That was just brutal. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? That was just brutal. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like... It wasn't like a... It was just a brutal, and then it was like, oh, crap. But in in the terms of, like, just a... a, Yeah. Yeah, so that's a good one. Those two. Yeah. It was memorable. Mm -hmm. It was memorable. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what about uh, what about you, Trey? Yeah, I mean, it's my answer is Loki. Uh, uh-huh. As far as the uh, examples given throughout the episode, it's just that one. I think ticks all the boxes of the lessons that I want to see continued moving forward. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that is gonna do it for these lessons learned. But before we wrap up, we do want to do one. A little fun question, which is, if Disney Plus existed through the Infinity Saga, what show would you pitch to Marvel Studios? I I can just say, at least for me, I would have loved to have seen a show in between Age of Ultron and Civil War as maybe, not necessarily like a, like a, a the only word come to mind is training montage, but seeing that new quote unquote <laughs> Avengers team start to really gel because you had that ending shot with Falcon, with Vision, uh, 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 Scarlet Witch, and like the quote-unquote new Avengers. I think it would have made Civil War that much more impactful if we would have gotten to get close to those characters a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking like, you know, a Hawkeye, stay-at-home dad <laughs> <laughs> kind of runs the local bowling gotta alley. Got to think outside the box. You yeah. know, on the farm no um oh that might be interesting uh god i know that that's where it's difficult right where my first idea feels so generic uh-huh. and probably why i'm better as a backseat writer executive <laughs> actual writer executive 
Because part of me, well, and I'm wondering if also it just it, it because we haven't finished and we have a prequel, you know, feel no matter what it is. Right now, the the thing that I keep coming back to is I'd love to see um, Thanos's attack on Nova Ooh. to get the Power Stone, not the Power Stone, the uh, Space Stone. the Space Stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess he had. Yeah, no, it was the Space Stone. Yeah. So there's two there's two ways to think about this question. One is to um, imagine gaps in the story, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That you could fill in, you or fill in, yeah. you know, and like, so I'm I'm, I'm thinking, I, was it you guys who talked about like someone talked about like a series where you follow, um, uh, is it Luis and Ant Man? It might have been me. Like, yeah, it just like it, yeah. I, I was. I'm looking at my Disney Plus app, and I'm looking at all the movies. And I, I think phases I think it was one, a, two, three, and four. Yeah, and I, I'm like, it must have been a question of the week or something. But it's yeah. like, you know, that would be it. Maybe it was the same question, Trey. Uh-huh. Like, what Disney Plus show would you like to see mm-hmm. back in the summer of 2020 when you guys when we were starved of content? But like, right. <laughs> but like, I was thinking, like, are we getting a Groot cartoon or something? Yes. I am. Is it a so I, yeah. I want to see. Well, I want to see that. I, I, I thought of Guardians, and I was like, I would love to see like a Rocket Groot, um, cartoon or, or like a Rocket Groot series. Mm-hmm. I think that would be very, very satisfying to me because they they're hilarious, but they can do emotional. Now maybe they need humans to 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 cipher that, but that's something that I was thinking. Um. But um, back to my original point, like it's either something that is fills the gaps or that looks at what we see from a different perspective, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I like the way you categorize mm-hmm. that as like either filling in the gaps or from a different perspective, which would be really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Hmm. See, different perspective. What would I want fleshed out? Or, or, or um, like what you were saying, Jude, I know you're joking, but like, you know, like a different format. Right. You know, like 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 a, a risk, a risky, wild take on on something. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you could go back. Oh, and- Bucky! Oh my gosh, the Winter Soldier, the Winter Soldier. Mm. Yeah, the Winter Soldier. That yeah. I want to see that series. That'd be yeah. cool. I want to see that series. Well, so you can go back because in Ant Man they clearly established Hank Pym yeah. acting as Ant Man younger, mm-hmm. and you could give kind of. Adventures of Ant Man and Wasp, <laughs> Janet Van Dyne. That would be fantastic. <laughs> I still think I still think the Green Acres Hawkeye would be fun though. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you get you get to see where he breaks the tractor, where Tony has to fix it, mm-hmm. you know, because he doesn't know what he's doing with it. <laughs> so I remember when when WandaVision started, and then when we were in the thick of Falcon Winter Soldier, we talked about the post blip world the the like the blip like the what like what happens like the five-year gap yeah yeah the five-year gap like mm-hmm. stuff happened mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that'd be really really cool stuff happened would we want i feel like i know leech's answer would we want an agents of sword <laughs> show <laughs> they kind of build in right there up to wandavision <laughs> i was i was on the discord during that <laughs> when I was listening to that pod. Yeah. Harsh. She's harsh on, uh, she came in agents. swinging for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, you know what? She, not only she came in swinging, 
there's stuff, there's some swings she made before we even started recording that didn't even make it. Uh, <laughs> I can understand though, because when when that show first started, I was quite invested in it, mm-hmm. and um, it was definitely connected to the MCU. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. It was written by Josh. Like the early seasons were written, or at least conceived by Joss Whedon with his brother. Yeah, and and then and then there was a falling out or whatever, and just it didn't. You know, they stopped, and now it's officially not canon. Mm -hmm. And so I could see that. That's that's that leaves some some bad bad mojo. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode, friend Daniel. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. It has been an absolute blast. Always a pleasure to be here anytime. This was a fun one. I've, this is my first thematic episode. Mm-hmm. Th- th- mm-hmm. I, I really like your approach here. So I'm very, very happy to be here to talk about this and to kind of look back on these three shows and, and think about what we what we did. I, I hope we haven't, it's not like um, recency bias, um, <laughs> you know, um, with Loki, but I do think, <laughs> I do. I feel. I feel good about it. It'll be interesting to re- return to this in like a year and and think yeah. about you know where we are. But uh, Mo- well, Moon Knight, because yeah. that'll yeah, be I Moon guess Knight. the yeah. one where do they really learn? You know, do That's they true. really learn from these shows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That'll be the the first real test of uh, mm-hmm. of the Disney Plus shows. Mm-hmm. Although I feel, I have a feeling we might be able to find a way to get you on before a year from now in Moon Knight. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll man. see. That'll we be a lot see. of catching we'll up see. on everything in the MCU if we wait that long. <laughs> yeah. But we'll we'll see if 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 something happens. Yeah, if you want to keep up with more of the musings of friend Daniel, you can always find him in our Discord. Um, but if you want to comment or have any questions about this episode, you can always reach us at MCU Need to Know on Twitter and Instagram. Or if you'd like to join the Discord, as we were just talking about, you can find a link for that in the show notes as well. Once you get to the Discord, make sure you go to the roll assign. Click on the eye emoji. It will give you access to all our spoiler channels. On your podcast catcher of choice, make sure you follow us, leave a rating and review. Uh, it was a huge help for us in the feedback. And the best thing you can do for us is share with a friend. Yeah. We'd also like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. You can find more of his work on his SoundCloud, which is linked in the show notes as well. All right. That's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. And Jude and Daniel, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Trey. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. We'll see you all next week. Hey Trey, yeah, is there a um outline? Yes, I emailed it to you. Uh, is it in the is it in the email? Let me see. I thought I emailed it to you. Is it in the, is it in the invite? It was. I sent it the same. Excuse me. <clears throat> I sent it the same night that I did the remotely. But let Hang me on, double check. Maybe I got. Maybe it went to junk. Well, that hurts my feelings. No. Um. No, that was on me. I'm sorry. I did not right. send it. Right. I knew you had one. All right, I just sent it now. It's okay. pretty. It's pretty standard. Since okay. it's since we're all just bringing our own lessons, I figured mm-hmm. we could just kind of do like a roundtable sharing thing. Um, mm-hmm. I sent you the wrong one. You sent me the template. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they're all named template. He hasn't. Oh. He hasn't started na- renaming. Them. Oh, you're one of those. Yeah. Jude. Jude has been very great, but he also understands that I'm a monster when it comes to. Organizing. Is your desktop covered in icons? <laughs> we're not going to go desktop- that far. That's not what this episode's about. Yeah, okay.
<laughs> oh, a lot man. of judgment here. It's fine. My desktop's covered in icons. Yeah, I've gotten better though, especially for the pod, about um, better naming conventions. Okay, now you should have the template out.